Hello, and welcome to Horror Roulette, where you never know what you're going to get. We're your hosts. I'm Em, and that's my brother Nick. Each week, we spin the wheel of misfortune to randomly generate an episode topic, which makes our lives miserable, but this podcast listenable. We've covered everything from the Toy Box Killer to Jack and Jill. From Ed Wood to Black Widows, we've suffered through it all. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out at horrorroulette.com. Listen if you dare. G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. Alrighty, hi, Kate. Hi, Dominic. How are you today? I'm fabulous. I don't know if you've noticed. I've got my arm in a sling. Oh, I did not even see that. I thought you would just had some sort of fancy accessory on. <laughs> oh, no. I honestly didn't even notice that. That's so terrible of me. Are you okay? I was what saving happened? it for the episode. So. Oh, brilliant. You were hiding it the whole time. Oh, now I can see it. Okay. I couldn't see any of people out there who are like, you're on a video chat. You horrible person. You didn't even notice but Dom was hiding it. He was hiding it. Yeah, on purpose. Talk to me. What happened? I had a drag gig on Saturday. And drag is a perilous sport for those oh, that are familiar. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I fell off the stage and I <gasps> broke my arm. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it is on film. So I guess I'm famous now because, you know, you don't you haven't really made it until you've fallen off stage, broken something and it's been caught on camera. Dominic Taranto. I saw those videos on Instagram, but I mustn't have clicked the link to see the whole video because it said, you, you know, you said, oh, I'm not too badly injured. Ha ha. And I thought you just meant from dancing and from being on a bar. Okay, so for our listeners, to give you an idea, what were we talking, like a three-inch heel? Oh, God, no. Like, this was, these are huge. These were at least yeah, they're seven giant. inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were basically like, you know, a platform, a, the biggest platform you could platform, and you were standing on top of a bar. And I also noticed there was just some gentleman in a suit that just seemed to be enjoying his his drink or his meal, Had and you were probably yeah. 30 centimetres from him, and he's like, whatever. <laughs> it's all in a day, all in a night. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, I'm fine. It's it's all good. I've never broken okay. a bone before. So this, well, I've broken ribs and toes and fingers and all that sort of stuff from sport. Okay. But this is my yep. first official one. So I'm not, I'm not invincible. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't break my hip. So that's also a win. I was going to say, yeah. Now are we saying that you fell off or you had a fall? Where are we in terms of age? Is it falling or had a fall? Because I think it's probably gone into I had a fall because at the hospital <laughs> they're like, looked out, you're at an age now where we're going to have to do the full body oh, check no. you, just make sure you haven't done any more damage. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's sobering. I don't like but that. But the kicker, the absolute kicker is I didn't realise I broke it, so I just went, well, I kept on going and then I went home and I passed out and I went to the emergency department the next day. But I'd had, um, you know, some painkillers because I was obviously in lots of pain and my wrist did not look healthy. Yeah. Uh, so I hadn't had my usual morning 
uh, poop, let's oh, just say. cool. Yeah, I was seeing where you were going. I'm like, it's a poop. You, di- you didn't do poop. Okay. So when they did the, the hip, like the scan of my pelvis and hip, they're like, oh, you know, everything's fine, but you've, you're, you're really full of shit. You probably need to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is that like the, the medical term? You're full of shit. I mean, heaps of people have told me that before to my face, but not, not anyone in the medical profession. I think they were just trying to cheer me up, so it's probably not the official okay. way, but I thought, I look, it, we've got a podcast called Shitting Bricks, I've got no shame. I may as well share that with everybody. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're not just wearing like a cute little like, I don't know, fashion accessory or something. It is actually a... It's a thing. A sling. Oh, dog. But enough about me. I'm eating into your story time. Firstly, oh. how are you? Are you good? I'm well. No broken bones as far as I can tell, but who knows? I feel like I've been in pain since 96, so whatever. <laughs> well, our <laughs> listeners, we might break your funny bone with this story. I hear it's a good oh. one. Very good. I like it. I like it. Uh, if anybody needs to do a poop, please feel free. You can take your little, you can take your phone, but nobody's going to judge. No. Uh, today, I do have a story that it's. I mean, it's a collection of stories. So I haven't just gone with one. It's a collection of stories because it's something I'm fascinated and terrified by. Mm. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about sleep paralysis also known as night terrors or, you know, uh, sleep terrors. There's a a few different sort of, you know, sleep anxiety, those kinds of titles. But I know it as sleep paralysis, and that's really what I want to focus on today because night terrors can be a little bit different, as the title suggests, with sleep paralysis. It is as if you cannot move or do anything in this state, and it's horrifying to me. Uh, so I wanted to, yeah, look into it a little bit and share some stories that I found online. Uh, Dom, have you ever experienced anything like a night terror or sleep paralysis or know anybody that has? I've definitely had a couple of night terrors over time, but, um, I, I don't, I'm definitely never had sleep paralysis, but I, as a topic, as a theme, like I know that a lot of our listeners can can relate or connect or have experience with it and I know a few of our other podcast uh, buddies out there have done some episodes on it Um, and they often talk about their own personal experiences but I would love to yeah I want to hear the full gamut I want to hear all the juicy stuff that you've been able to find on it because no I don't have a lot of personal sort of connection to it but yep yeah don't ever want yeah, to it's definitely do it. yeah. It pops up. People kind of know what we're saying when we when you mention it, and the t- I think the title gives it away. Um, but I wanted to have a look at the the phobia. Yep. Um, so sleep anxiety, which is known as somnophobia. Mm-hmm. Now that is a sleep disorder that describes a discomfort in sleeping alone or a general fear of falling asleep. So that is not necessarily the sleep paralysis phobia. But somnophobia encompasses all of those things. So it's people that have experienced uh, extreme anxiety before going to sleep Mm. um, that causes you to not want to go to sleep. And it's usually because you've suffered from sleep paralysis or nightmares or night terrors or all of those kinds of things that are preventing you from wanting to close your eyes. Um, So insomnia and somnophobia are not the same thing. They're similar, but they're not interchangeable. So somnophobia is an anxiety that keeps people awake, even when they're tired. Yep. Um, Whereas insomnia is chronic sleep disorder that makes it difficult for people to fall asleep or stay asleep. 
uh, and insomniacs tend to stay awake um, later or wake up earlier and they don't really feel as sleepy. Ah. So we're really looking at somnophobia today. So that either that fear of going to sleep, but due to a night terror or sleep paralysis. I didn't want to go too far without my pop culture reference. Yes, please. So one of the ones that popped into my mind straight away, and I did have to fact check with Dom, I quite literally said to Dominic, and this is, quote, Dom, what's the movie where the dad goes in the kid's dream? And he goes, oh, Insidious. And I said, yeah, that's the one. Thank you. (laughs) I haven't even watched them all because I just didn't enjoy them. But Oh. I really liked it, but I think it's maybe because it's a little bit of a people that don't like scary movies, inverted commas, uh, would like it because it's more intriguing rather than like a real horror horror kind of film. Would you agree? Or am I just, I don't know. I'm try- I enjoyed it. I'm trying to even remember. I just remember the quality of it was really shit. And I, when it comes to horror or scary movies... If they're mm-hmm. just poorly done in whatever fashion, yeah, I can't okay. get invested in the story and then I just don't give a shit about the characters. So then I'm like, oh, another one's gone, whatever. I just don't – it takes me out of the fantasy, which sounds really yeah. stupid and kind of like I messed up in no, my head. But That's fine. No, it's, it's an art form. Art is subjective. You can feel however you want about it. That's fine. Uh, but in, look, I liked Insidious. The the essential kind of storyline is around a dad and then a son. So a dad suffers from this condition when he is a boy and then his son suffers from it. So they're born with the ability to astral travel. Ooh. So they can travel across uh, planes and times and places and things like that. Um, and the son had been doing this in his sleep and he didn't realize that he was doing it because he thought he might have just been dreaming. Mm. But one time he travels too far and then gets captured in a purgatory realm called the Further. So in the Further, it's um, basically all the places where the tortured souls and dead people are because it's purgatory. They don't know which way to go. North, south. Um, (laughs) And so without this boy's mental presence, his body goes into comatose, like is basically comatose. Um, But his spirit is still there. So basically dad has to fall asleep and get himself into that astral travel vibe to go and save his son Mm. and pull him out of this, this purgatory. Um, So I really liked it. It's got a really neat jump, jump scare with a demon. That's quite popular. A little demon over his shoulder. Um, So there's my pop culture reference. I didn't want to do this episode without including one because I physically cannot. (laughs) That endophobia. I just love it. We're getting... There you go. Exactly. That's my my formula. I'm going to give you a phobia. I'm going to give you a pop culture reference and I'll probably give you some ways to survive. Um, that's, that's it. That's the basic formula. There's a podcast for you. (laughs) Go go ahead. (laughs) So if you plan on astral projecting anywhere, make sure you have a rope tied around you. So that's right. Good old, you know, Dorothy, Donna and Daisy, your three sisters can pull you back through. Exactly. That's right. Have a buddy. It's really important. Um, I know when I like to astral travel, I do usually have a buddy with me. So, you know. All right, so uh, sleep paralysis. Let's talk a little bit about that. Hit me. Now, the information that I'm going to share with you about 
sleep paralysis as a condition. It is from obviously one of the most reliable sources. It's highly accurate. It does not cause fear and anxiety in humans. It is of course WebMD. Love it. So <laughs> welcome everybody. Welcome WebMD to the team. Thank you. Woo. <laughs> so WebMD explains that there was a woman. It's very dramatic, this website. There was a woman in her late fifties. I assume that the person who wrote it has a voice like that. Yeah. Every night she would fall asleep and then dream she was unable to move, but that her husband was coming into their room to try and attack her. Helpless, she could neither cry nor move. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. Then a uh, MD, medical doctor, PhD, professional doctor. I don't know what those ones stand for, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> her name is Cleet Kushida. Hi, Cleet. Thank you, Cleet. Welcome, Cleet. Uh, so this went on for several years, this thing that this, her client felt her husband coming into the room. Uh, now Cleet, she's an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral science at Stanford university. So we can maybe believe a little bit of what Cleet's got to say. She said for my client, it was very difficult. She was exhausted. It turned out that the woman had a sleep disorder called sleep paralysis. When a person is asleep, but they're immobilized. Mm. So. Like many who have sleep paralysis, she was also having hypnagogic hallucinations that she was being attacked. So it's not just a hallucination in that you're seeing something. It's a physical feeling that something is is happening to your body. Now, Cleet says it's not a serious condition, but it can be very disturbing. I'm going to disagree with you there, Cleet, on a serious condition because I'm going to read some of these stories. They're effing serious. Like, I'll be perfectly honest with yeah, you. Yeah, and sleep deprivation, um, I know, is can be very detrimental on the, on oh, the body. Uh, exactly right. Exactly right. But I'll cover off on some little how-tos a little bit later in our pod. But I I disagree that it's not necessarily yeah, Clay, a serious I'd condition. Yeah, a refund on that uh, medical degree. <laughs> yeah, come on, Clay. Come on. Come on, Dal. Uh, all right, so... Why sleep paralysis happens isn't clear. Um, Researchers do believe that it's caused by a disturbed rapid eye movement or the the REM cycle uh, because it does mostly happen to people falling into or coming out of REM sleep. Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, the brain paralyzes your muscles during REM. So you don't act out in your dreams. So when you're in the deepest of sleeps and you're having a dream, you know, like dogs and stuff, when they're having a dream, they're chasing something and their legs move. So they don't have as much of yeah, that as humans, I suppose. We are completely paralyzed, so we don't hurt ourselves when we sleep. Good mechanism. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. So during sleep paralysis, the sleeper is awake or half awake, so they're aware that they can't move. Mm. So I would imagine it would be if you woke up, if you're under sedation or general anesthetic yeah. or something like that. I mean, that's another... medical procedures is a whole other thing, which I was, yeah, that was something that popped up while I was doing this. I was like, oh, do I have the the will to do a medical procedures app? (laughs) Because that would be hectic. Um, But yeah, so essentially you're waking up and you can, you know that you're paralyzed, but you are still half asleep, half awake. It's a very strange, yeah, strange feeling I can imagine. Now, studies have shown that 25 to 50% of Americans have had sleep paralysis at least once. Okay. Many people who have it also have narcolepsy, in which they fall asleep uncontrollably, so just the drop of a hat. And sleep experts also believe that sleep paralysis might be partly genetic okay. as well. 
Some other causes uh, include stress and disrupted sleep schedules. So if you're jet lagged or if you pull an all nighter or if you've had, you know, sleep deprivation over a period of time. And several studies also found links between social anxiety or panic disorder and sleep paralysis, which does make sense because if you've got, you know, an active mind or you're suffering from some anxieties during the day, that can naturally, you know, progress into your sleep as well. Yeah. Now, clearly sleep paralysis can be scary. We can agree on that WebMD. Thank you for coming to the party. Uh, It has led to some unorthodox theories, which... I'm, I'm really into the unorthodox ones. Uh, research shows that people in countries as diverse as China, East Africa, Mexico, Newfoundland, and the United States have long believed that paralysis is caused by demons, witches, or other supernatural creatures. Of course. Why not? I know. Well, when I get into some of these stories, you, it's going to be hard to, yeah, hard to refute that there's some kooky stuff going on. Um, often the experience is accompanied by noises, like a really loud buzzing, Mm -hmm. sensations of being dragged out of bed or flying and difficulty breathing. In fact, some researchers, and this is the kicker, some researchers, they believe sleep paralysis is what's really going on with stories of alien abductions. Oh, I love Mm. it when we get the aliens in on board, which we haven't done an episode on. We haven't. That was the other one that I wanted to, yeah, to consider. So medical procedures, aliens, please DM us if we forget, but there are some episodes I'd love to do. One of the uh, common trio of characters that sleep paralysis are associated with is the devil, the ghost, and the old hag. It is, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my last three boyfriends. <laughs> the devil, the ghost, and the old hag. Um, the, there is also the uh, the black dog There's or a dog or a wolf-type creature oh. that can be commonly seen or referred to with sleep paralysis. But certainly the devil pops up a bit, an old hag, she comes around, a ghost is seen. But I figured why me just talk about this from a sense of, you know, WebMD expertise (laughs) uh, when we can have a listen to some of the examples that people that suffer from sleep paralysis have experienced. Yeah, bring it on. I want to dom MD the shit out of these stories because I don't want to sound disrespectful or insensitive because I can understand medically how sleep paralysis could be so terrifying. Oh, absolutely. And I will never argue with that. I'm just not convinced of the supernatural stuff. Okay. In saying that, though, I'm hungry to be convinced. So Excellent. Well, hopefully some of these can, can get you there because I love these. These are some of my favorite things to read. Some of them gave me little chills on the back of my neck and I just I just handpicked a few. Yeah. So, I haven't even gone to the depths of these examples and I know for a fact that there are some pretty detailed scary ones out there. But rather than get sort of uh maybe hung up on one example or something, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little snapshot of a group of people who have suffered from this and what they've seen or heard or experienced uh, whilst suffering from sleep paralysis. Yeah. We're, so we're our appetite, Kate, and we can always come yeah. back and dig deep into one particular one, maybe another episode. Yes, 
Absolutely. And I do love, yeah, there is a lot around other cultures and what the images or the things people see do represent for those cultures. Mm. Um, so that I felt like that's almost a whole episode on its own. There's, it's a fascinating, uh, yeah, fascinating read when you're looking at um, different reasons why people would see animals and people and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but let me get into it. Now, these stories that I'm going to share, they are a mix of uh, users on Reddit. They're a mixture of Facebook users. There was a few articles where uh, these were compiled. So I've just handpicked from a bunch of different websites. So I'm not going to tell you who they're from because it was, you know, usernames like Bobby G 53 up your gay. I don't know. That was just (laughs) (laughs) stupid. I think I've talked to them on Grindr before. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. So, yeah, all the Bobby G's and multiple numbers and stuff, it was just getting ridiculous. So I've omitted names. If you are listening and I use one of your stories, good for you. Um, Fab, it's going to be great. Uh, And we'd love to hear more. So, yeah, shoot us a a DM. Okay, so here we go. Number one. So I'm in my early 20s and I used to have mild hallucinations when waking up without the use of an alarm. And I wasn't. And I, I was not able to move. This was years ago and it never really bothered me, but it happened to me this morning, which was kind of my fault. So I hung a jacket from the hood on the closet door that's in front of me the night before. And when I woke up, I saw a woman standing there with the jacket on and her back turned. Somehow I assumed someone I knew was laying in bed beside me, but I didn't know who it was. So I tried to yell at the person behind me. Then slowly the woman turned around and I could see her from the side. And it was my cousin who had died last year and was staring in the mirror wearing my jacket. At this point, I am losing my shit, but I cannot yell out. Then all of a sudden I regain my movement and I end up yelling. You see her, right? You're there. Hey, you're there. Talk to me. Talk to me. And then there was a blanket laying beside me. And when I look back, I could easily make out it was just the jacket hanging on the closet door. I am still freaked out. Wow. So that's our first one. So, yeah, a 20, you know, early 20s. And naturally, I know my first instinct is you're seeing what you, you know, hung on the, you hung a jacket on the back of your door. But just a little of the detail around, you know, my cousin who died last year and has turned around wearing the jacket and feeling like someone's lying in my bed. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I really appreciated how they even told the story. Like, mm. you know, they were a bit critical of themselves as well, which. Yeah, you know. that's it. All right. Next one. So, 42. I am 42 and had my first... It's not number 42. I know it's only number two. That's the age of the person. (laughs) Number twos. We like number twos here. (laughs) Number twos, (laughs) yes. So, I'm 42 and had my first nightmare about a terrifying witch at the age of 16. She kneels on my chest and stares into my face, slowly getting nearer and nearer. I am completely terrified. She wears a black cloak and a hood Her face is like a witch and evil just comes from her, surrounds me from her, uh, surrounds me. Uh, Other times I can be lying on my stomach and she will creep her hand up the back of my head, down my face and hook her fingers under my top teeth and pull my head back. Other times she will bite, 
sit on the bed, knock on the door, call my name and generally scare the crap out of me. This still happens to this day. So this person has had the treat from 40, you know, from 16 years old to 42 years old to have the hag come and visit and touch his face and sit on his chest and breathe in his face and generally freak him out. Yeah, I was just about to say, time to move out of your mum's house. Like, (laughs) he's got some boundary issues. Get out. There are some boundary (laughs) issues. Yeah, it's time to move on. Get an apartment. Do what you can. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Next one. There is a person who explains that they have put a picture of the Grim Reaper up next to their post. And they say, has anybody else seen this guy during a sleep paralysis episode? I've seen him once. uh, I've seen him once only, but I've sensed him every single night since. It happened during my first sleep paralysis episode. It felt like there was a tornado inside my head, followed by nothing but the colour purple in my vision. When the purple subsided, there he was, standing at the side of my bed, looking into my eyes. Yeah, that, that's, that is an interesting one. <laughs> so we've got, who have we had? We've had the hag, we've got now got the Grim Reaper. We've had some girl's cousin. It's an interesting mix of yeah things that are happening during these sleep paralysis yeah. episodes and look, that's for sure and i can appreciate regardless of whether this is real or not real in terms of like supernatural or not it's it doesn't yeah. even matter it's not the point because at the at that moment it's it is as real as anything mm. to the people experiencing it so of course like you know i can sit here and have a giggle and a laugh but mm. I I have had I've had a couple of dreams where something like that's happened and it, and it's not a supernaturally type figure or something but I'm either being attacked or something like that and I'm woken up violently and I can feel the the fear of of it happening. I just never think Absolutely. it goes beyond that. I'm just like, oh, I've got really, you know, wild imagination. Yeah. Oh, so. it's like what is it um, you know, the the it's not the nightmare before Christmas. It's a, a Christmas carol, mm. you know, the the story and they do the Muppets version with Michael Caine and he has, you know, a piece of cheese. He's like, that's what he says to the, the guys in shackles. He's like, you're just an undigested piece of cheese that I had before I went to bed. <laughs> it's not. Sorry, can I just confirm that is not my Michael Caine accent? <laughs> yes, no, that's fine. <laughs> just, I I just started talking and then I realised, oh, God, I hope people don't think that's my Michael Caine. Michael Caine, if you're listening, we are so sorry. Well, he he does. I mean, he does listen all the time. So he knows. I probably preferred not to do his accent because, I like, he's so sick of it. I mean, I was on the phone to him the other day. He's, like, so dumb. He's like, Michael Caine. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Dal. All right, next story. I digress. This next story is from someone else on the internet. <laughs> Sleep-, <laughs> Sleep paralysis. Start- oh, sorry, I can't laugh while I talk about these things, but um, sometimes I just I'm chuffing. <laughs> sometimes I just, just want to <laughs> get it out your system. I know. Okay. Sleep paralysis started when I was seven. <laughs> I <know> <laughs> Ah, I've really lost the plot. Okay. 
Sleep paralysis started when I was young. No. I'm really sorry, listeners. I'm not laughing at this person who suffers from this. I don't know why. The number seven is just making me laugh. All right, okay. Number seven. Oh. Okay. Sleep paralysis started when I was seven. And it was scary. Pull yourself together, Wilco. Oh, my God. I remember the walls shaking and a ringing in my ears going through a tunnel. Okay. So it's like you're going through a tunnel. Uh, this continued into my teens and sometimes I felt like I was battling entire groups of demons that all spoke different languages. Then I explored lucid dreaming and I followed some of my spirit guides until they became unpredictable and began biting me and harassing me and jumping on me and crawling on me. Oof. Okay. So that was a little bit more of a uh, an experience, I suppose, of someone maybe doing that astral travel stuff yeah that's feeling extreme. like they could follow someone during their their sleep paralysis okay good for that person i feel as though too there was one that i edited which i think was that one and he went on to say oh when i was in my 20s i figured out that like i could have sex with the demons so i would do that instead and then that made it like enjoyable so i didn't care about sleep paralysis after that so that's a journey yeah but I cut that out because it wasn't written particularly well and they said it in like a really crass manner. So I just cut it. But yeah. I don't know. Worth mentioning. Uh, all right. Next example. I have been having the same dream regularly since I was a child. I wake up in my bed. There is someone in the house. I can hear the footsteps moving around. They're coming up the stairs, always really slowly. If I stay still, then maybe the person won't come for me. I can hear him coming down the hall and I always see his shadow. He is a minotaur. He has a knife and he is always coming for me. I try to scream. I wake up. I'm relieved, except there's someone at the bedroom door. And this time I can't scream until I really wake up. Mm. So this person gets a little double whammy. They think they've woken up and then they're like, like it was a minotaur and then bam, it's a person. And then bam, you're awake. Ugh. I'm just, this would be stressful. <laughs> I'd definitely have somnophobia or simnif- simnophobia. Or th- somno- yeah, you said it right it somnophobia? the first time. Okay, yeah. cool. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Kate MD. Oh, boom. I would be able to give you some pretty good, um, me and Cleet, we'll team up. Yep. Cleet and I, we'll do some more WebMDs. All right, next example. I get it every now and then, but I don't know how to deal with it. I mean, I'm going to try that one again. I used to get it every now and then, but now I know how to deal with it. The absolute worst when I was staying in a hotel with my boyfriend at the time. I remember trying to scream and move anything to get his attention, Mm. but nothing that I did would make a sound. It was terrifying. Then I got up to tell him what happened and he bolted upright and started strangling me. I finally woke up incredibly shaken, but glad it wasn't real. It was one of the scariest situations in my life and it wasn't even reality. Yeah. So a double whammy again. She thinks she's woken up. Then the boyfriend just bam, sits bolt upright and just grabs her neck. Then she wakes up. Oof. Yeah. This is reminding me not like exactly how that played out, but I know that there have been, and we should do some, we should do an episode or two on People that have committed murder or crime while asleep and Ooh. have 
been able to successfully, <clears throat> you know, apply some sort of defense and not maybe get off completely scot-free because they're not arguing the fact that they didn't do the the crime or the murder, mm. but the mm-hmm. fact that they were able to prove that they were asleep or they had a history and a pattern of being asleep and acting things out and all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. that's what that reminds me of. It's not very supernaturally, but it's, you know, like we all, we, we know all too well through from previous episodes, like domestic violence and <clears throat> all that sort of stuff is, can, does happen. Yeah. So that one, absolutely. that one really freaks me out a little bit more because it's just so real or like. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And also, as well, I just, I always get hung up on that last little thing. Honestly, one of the scariest situations in my life, and it wasn't even reality. Yeah. That, again, it's just your brain. Woo, your brain is the, just the scariest thing. It does all these strange things and just a little bit of a chemical imbalance, and you are in all sorts. And that's that creeps me out more than anything, I think. Uh, okay. I saved my favorite one until last and I'm sure that there's others, but look, this is my, this is just the little one that I thought was quite, um, quite creepy. Yeah. So here's, here's this little final one. It happens every time I fall asleep on my back, I wake up and I can't tell if my eyes are open or shut, but I can see my whole room. A dark presence is lurking on top of my wardrobe. And as soon as I notice it, I try to scream, but I can't scream and I can't move. The darkness slithers down the side of my wardrobe, across the floor, and looms over the end of my bed. Then it creeps all over me, trying to invade every orifice. I can feel an immense pressure, like it's pinned me down, and it's pushing its way into my eyes, my ears, my mouth. The darkness then screams a terrible screech into my face, and I try to scream back until eventually I manage to jerk my head and everything disappears and I'm alone in the darkness. Mm. That's not a thrill to me. I don't love that one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Had a boyfriend or two that's. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I just, the idea. So I just visualize just almost this kind of cloud slash oily creature just trying to, you know, yeah, get into your face and your ears. And then when it's like inside the center of your head, letting out a scream, mm. like that's what I straight away think of when I read that. And it gives me a bit of a headache, to be honest. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so those are some of our examples of, you know, what people have gone through with sleep paralysis. So I know what you're going to ask next. <laughs> I bet. Go ahead and ask. Uh, what are you having for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, sidebar, I was just recently diagnosed as a celiac, so I'm learning what foods are gluten-free and not. Oh, my goodness, Kate. Yeah. That's big news. So it is, yeah. Hopefully, like, it'll solve the problem that makes me look like I'm four months pregnant without being pregnant. <laughs> At least you get seats <laughs> on trains. That's so true. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> just a sandwich (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry to hear Uh, that but uh no that's okay i guess now of all time there's lots of uh, options and things out there so that's right so i mean to answer your question i am going to maybe have some sausages and some veggies 
I think, yeah, most sausages are gluten-free. I think I got the ones with the little GF sticker. Um, but the real question <laughs> that we were going to ask is, if I suffer from sleep paralysis, am I going to be okay? Mm. That was a question I asked. So sleep paralysis itself, it's not harmful to you. So harmful in a sense that can, you know, create those sleep disorders, create somnophobia. They can start to mess with sleep patterns and things like that. Physically, in terms of, you know, a lot of the examples we heard, something was coming to attack them or something was crawling on them, sitting on their chest, stopping them from breathing. Physically, you will be okay. Uh, but it is, yeah, also worthwhile checking in with someone, mm. sleep specialist, GP, if you're feeling like that, because yeah, whilst physically you're okay, I don't like necessarily saying, yeah, you're going to be fine. Cause if things are crawling on me in like my dreams and I think I can't like get to them and I can't move and I can't, that's not fine to me. That's not okay. So <laughs> I would definitely be seeing someone. Yeah. Um, now what could you do? Here's some hints and handy tips. Obviously, I called my girl Cleet. Cleet, what's up, girl? Talk to me about sleep paralysis. What can I do? So she says, skip the nap. So nappers seem more prone to sleep paralysis than non-nappers. And Cleet always says, unless the nappers always sleep at the same time each day. So if you're always sleeping from like 2 to 2.30 or whatever, and then you still have a fine sleep, sure. But ultimately... Um, yeah, if you're napping during the day a lot, it can interrupt your sleep patterns later at night, which can affect, you know, your REM sleep. And that's where they, that sleep paralysis can happen. Yeah. I, look, I'm partial to a nap. I love myself a nap. Yes. Same. But I like, I only nap when I'm going hell for leather doing a million and one things, which is my normal natural state. Correct. I think there's a difference from napping when you're actually exhausted and napping yeah. because you're a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, so true. Not that I, do, I, I don't know any of these <laughs> people that have written in stories. Nah, but, uh... that's fine. Nah, I love it. I agree. Uh, the other thing, which, come on, Cleet, seems a bit bloody oxymoronic, um, if that's a phrase. It is, it now. is now. We're coining it. Put it on a T-shirt. Uh, get as much sleep as possible. So there's some evidence that if you're sleep deprived, so as you're saying, you're doing 101 things, you have a nap, and then you can have a decent and a night's sleep. Mm. So there's some ev- evidence that people that are sleep de- deprived enter REM very quickly, which means that they're still awake as their body gets paralyzed. Yeah, that makes sense. Boom. Yeah. So if you've, you know, had one too many shandies and then you go to bed, you'll often find that you do not take the kind of staggered approach to falling asleep. Mm. You just, it's a slippery slope into the REM. And that's why, yeah, you can uh, have those sorts of strange kind of feelings or that paralysis especially after um, heavy drinking or that sort of stuff as well so get as much sleep as you can the other thing is don't sleep on your back if you are suffering from sleep paralysis because sleep experts have found that there's a correlation between sleeping in a supine position yes sleeping on your back which we know from the isdal woman yes she was supine Uh, so supine position and being vulnerable to sleep paralysis. So if you're on your back and then you go into that deep REM sleep and become paralyzed, you're basically, yeah, you're just lying there kind of opened up to all of the creatures that are at your door, door or at the side of your bed or sleeping next to you or on your wardrobe. Like there's, yeah, that's one of the, um, I was going to say, actually, again, you know, if you have 
a weight issue, for instance, and you have like sleep apnea and you struggle mm. to sleep and you, it might not even because I know sleep apnea is not necessarily a weight thing. It's, it can be a whole slew of things. But if you have bad sleeping or bad breathing, I could totally imagine you having disjointed sleep, pulling yourself in and out of deep sleep, REM sleep, everything. Yeah. And you're already struggling to breathe from that. You could, mm-hmm. your mind could easily draw conclusions or connections <clears throat> from that. I could imagine. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. How many times have you woken up in the middle of the night and you know the chair that's at the end of your bed where you've piled up all of the clean washing to promise to put away, but you really just take it all from that pile and then put it in the dirty pile after washing it, and it never sees your wardrobe. That pile of clothes on that ca- on that chair. How many times have you woken up seeing that and be like, that's a goblin, there's a goblin, absolutely. And then the next night you're just like, it's a bear, there's a bear in my room. (laughs) It's still that same pile of clothes that you will continue to wear for the week and they will not see the inside of your wardrobe. I'll back it it in. Uh, But same thing. Yeah, you do have those kinds of moments where you might come in and out of that sleep. Mm. The final thing that Clayt says is to, to seek care, which I concur. Sleep paralysis might be linked to other sleep disorders, including REM disruptions and narcolepsy. And it's important to see a sleep uh, specialist or your GP if that paralysis is occurring. Because if you're dealing with high levels of stress and anxiety, that can have a big impact on sleep paralysis too. So if you are not into the demons that are coming to visit you, (laughs) unless you're like old mate who found a way to (laughs) have a glorious time, uh, then definitely seek some help. And that is... My story about sleep paralysis. Woo! Snappity snap, snap, snap. I can't clap. (laughs) (laughs) You're so little cripple. I'm so sad. Uh, Dominic, for those of you who aren't watching the video, is just making like a, just like a, if you do like that duck dead. I'm putting it into the mic. You can hear it. Perfect. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I can't believe you broke your arm. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. There was some hag sat on my chest last night. <laughs> she sat on my <laughs> arm and she cracked it. Now I'm just can't sleep. Cleet was wrong. You can get hurt. No, you can't. No, that was so interesting. I do find it all fascinating and I probably sounded like an absolute asshole skeptic. Um, and I no, don't but I to like be. that. Uh, no, because there's likely to be listeners out there who feel the same way. And that's fine because what it does is it really lights a fire under my ass for the next one, Dom, to just hit it home with some, uh, yeah, paranormal mm. and aliens. <gasps> I'm here for the aliens. I want to talk about aliens. No, I think like I definitely <clears throat> can understand and get, I would find that terrifying if it happened to me for, sh- ab- mm. for absolutely no, no doubt. i I have seen uh, documentaries on it and I've heard other stories and listened to other podcasts about it. So definitely not like undermining or delegitimizing the the horror of it all. I think it's connecting it to something paranormal is where I struggle. Yep. With it. Understandably. And I think to be honest, yeah, I, I don't see that connection in terms of there's too much unknown as to why it's happening or, or what's going on. I'm just fascinated by the types of things people see. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I do find it terrifying being paralyzed. Not yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dreams are the core. So cool. I'm yeah. Same. I'm so uh, interested in 
in dreams and what people, what the imagination can, can cook up. And like, you know yeah. me, Kay, I watch every scary shit out there and I am a very imaginative human being. Yeah, true. So if half the shit that I can cook up actually came to me in a sleep paralysis session, <laughs> you, you know I would probably never wow. wake up again. <laughs> correct. Yeah, correct. Oh, my goodness. So true. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Dominic, and our listeners. I have enjoyed talking to you about sleep paralysis. I hope that you have learned a new phobia, a new pop culture reference, and ways to uh, you know, survive or seek help in this instance forever saving us kate i am so grateful thank you for (laughs) such a great episode we will be back next week yes (laughs) absolutely we will which i'm very excited i mean i will hopefully you'll be here too (laughs) well i just was we were talking me i was talking about being such a skeptic because guess what i'm actually going to do a ghost story next week so nice uh, yeah. right. I'll come in with my, my arms crossed and I'll be like, prove me wrong. Exactly. But even though I believe in ghosts, so I'm a really easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work, Kate. Hope you feel better. Good luck with the pregnancy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's going to be a loaf in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI, everyone that's listening that doesn't know Kate, she looks gorgeous, stunning, and does not look even a day pregnant. She's gorgeous and... <laughs> Thank you very much. Please don't break any more bones between now and next week. Uh, I won't. It's it's okay. my, it's my non-dominant hand anyway, so. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. I'm good. I can still do sperm doning for next month's Sperm right? doning. Yeah. All right. I like it. I'm here for it. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you soon. Take Bye, care. listeners. Bye. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.